Welcome, welcome, welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. I'm so happy to be before you this Thursday morning, and I'm bringing you your daily dose of Vitamin Dr. D live and in full audio color, right? Um, We started this week talking about dreams and our dreams are really important. And what I do know is that most people have a dream, but most people have no idea how to actually achieve their dreams. And so we're going to continue that conversation about dreams, right? And I want you to be thinking about the concept of Are you living your dream or the dream someone else has for you during this conversation? And as you come into the studio this morning, please say hi, say hello. And if you're interested in coming on live, I believe there's a listener call-in function. You might be able to see that from your particular frame of reference and, you know, click the button and I'd love to engage in authentic conversation with you as we talk about dreams. So let's go ahead and just recap what we spoke to yesterday was about owning your dream and that that was the number one thing that you actually had to do. And so in getting to that part of owning your dream, that there's some some barriers to that there's four common reasons why people have trouble actually identifying their dream you know number one some people have been discouraged from dreaming by others they've been told no why that's too big of a dream that's too bold and now and most times now when you see people doing different things and you have entrepreneurs doing multiple things you'll hear people say oh you're doing too much you know and you'll hear those you'll hear that But often when you were a little child and you might have told someone that you wanted to design the first flying car. And, you know, when you tell kids and they tell you, you know, here's what I'm excited about. And they'll ask the question, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Which is another one of those questions I'd like to delve into one day. But you ask, what is it? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And so you have a child say, oh, I want to design the first flying car. I want to be the first. Hispanic, African, well, can't have an African-American president. We have Barack Obama. I want to be the first woman president. And yet you'll have others discourage them and tell them you can't do that. So oftentimes in really identifying the dream, one of the roadblocks that occur in identifying that is actually being discouraged from dreaming by other people. Another area, another common reason why people have trouble identifying their actual dream some people are hindered by past disappointments and hurts you were hurt you tried that someone you thought you can count on that you thought could be would be there for you they decided not to show up and when they didn't show up for you guess what you really got discouraged and you were really hurt and then we begin to lock ourselves off and close ourselves off from dreaming because then we begin to tell ourselves that people don't really care about us I know that's been part of my my situation before, and I'll share an example. You know, disappointment is that gap between expectation and reality. We have expectations of people, 
We even have expectations of ourselves. And if we don't fulfill it, or if they don't fulfill it, then we're discouraged and we're disappointed. And you know what happens? We then begin to shut down. We're going to talk about how to really shift past that. And here's another, and this is probably more common than some of the others. Some people get in the habit of settling for average. You know, columnist Maureen Dodd, she says, the minute you settle for less than you deserve, you get, you get even less than you settled for. And, you know, when you think about that, you realize that, wow, if I am lowballing myself or I'm lowballing my expectations and people actually only provide a limited, a limited bandwidth of what they're going to give to you, that you're going to get actually less than that. And Kenneth Hildebrand said, the poorest of all men is not the one without a nickel to his name. He is the fellow without a dream. He is like a great ship made for the mighty ocean, but trying to navigate in a mill pond. He has no far port to reach, no lifting horizon, no precious cargo to carry. His hours are absorbed in routine and petty tyrannies. Small wonder if he gets dissatisfied. Quarrelsome and fed up, one of life's greatest tragedies is a person with a 10 by 12 capacity and a two by four soul. Oh, wow. Wow. When I saw that, I thought, wow, that was, that's, that's pretty deep. The poorest of all men and women, all youth, our elders, it's not because they don't have any money. It's because they don't have a dream. And dreams often represent hope, inspiration, and all the other things that lie in between. And some people simply stop dreaming or don't dream or have dreams interrupted because they lack the confidence needed to pursue their dream. So you know what you want. You have an idea, but yet the courage to pursue it seems to escape you and you don't go after it. It takes a lot of courage to show your dreams to someone else. It takes a lot of courage for you to speak life into your dream for you. And interesting enough, we often show up in the dream space and we wander about because we don't have clarity about it. We don't. So I'm gonna ask some questions. I got 10 questions. And I'm gonna ask you, are you ready to put your dream to the test? And you might be saying to yourself, I got a dream. I think it's worth pursuing. Now what? How can I know that my odds are good for achieving it? How do I know that? And the good part of that is that when you begin to be quiet and you begin to have those intimate relationships with yourself, by yourself, for yourself, you'll begin to get the answers to that question. So let's start with the questions, right? Let's talk about 
Is my dream really my dream? That's the ownership question. Is your dream really yours? Or is it somebody else's? Because they told you this is what you should be. This is who you are. And if they told you that and you believe that, and then you're trying to pursue that, usually you have a lack of interest in that. The clarity question, do I clearly see my dream? Do I see it? If I close my eyes, can I see where am I? Who else is there with me? What does it look like? What's surrounding me? What am I wearing? What city? Where am I located? Can you see those things? And if you can see those things, then you're, you're there, you're on the journey to really putting your dream first and owning your dream. So then we have the reality question. The reality question is, am I depending on factors within my control to achieve my dream? That is a powerful one. Am I depending on factors within my control to achieve my dream. For me, and I'd like to share the fact that for many opportunities that I've had, I was looking for someone else to come through, to carry through, to execute for me. I was either looking for them to finance it, staff it, support it, and a host of other things. And what I came to realize is that me looking at the other people, me asking others to actually staff my dream, me asking other people to actually look and see my dream for their own and to come through without me first putting the parameters and setting it up for myself, for me to be able to execute my dream in that particular fashion was not real. That's not reality. So we get confused when we say I had this dream, but nobody supported it. Well, here's the deal. Your dream is yours. And what I share with my clients and my audiences all the time is that you can't abort your dream to pursue somebody else's purpose. And if you're not aborting your dream to pursue somebody else's purpose, is it realistic to ask, ask someone else to do that for you? But what we can expect and what we can have and what we can build is a tribe, is a network. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So the reality question is, am I depending on factors within my control? And if the answer is yes, then great for you. So let's get to question four, the passion question about dream questing. Does my dream compel me to follow it? Does it compel me to follow it? When you start asking yourself this, these questions, here's the deal, is that when you begin to ask yourself these questions, and, you, and then you've been wondering, why didn't I want to get up? Why didn't I want to go to that event? Why didn't I want to support that? Because that's not your dream. It's not what you want. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't compel you to get up and pursue it, to stay the course, to fight for it. So that's what putting your dream to the test is really about. Are you living your dream or the dream that someone else has for you? Because here's the deal. 
once you own it, you clarify it, you're realistic about it, and you find out you're passionate for it, it sets you up for number five, the pathway question. Do I have a strategy to reach my dream? Do I have a strategy? So if you sat in the house and kept saying, oh my goodness, you know, I'm just dreaming about this. I'm gonna do all of these things, but yet you don't even move. And here's what I say, affirmations without action is just wishful thinking. Affirmations without action is just wishful thinking. And the same with dreaming. Dreaming without a strategy is just an elusive dream. But first, you got to line up those other parts. So what strategy do you have for your dream? I see people are popping in and I welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. And it is a pleasure and an honor to be your host. And I'll take a moment as we hit those first five and do a recap that if you are new, I'd love to say hi and hello. I'd love to you pop in and say hi. I'm new here because um, I can't really see all the names that are there, but I can actually see the people coming in and who are listening. And I just want to say thank you because you're part of my dream and I appreciate you so much. So I'm going to recap real quick the first five of putting your dream to the test. Okay. The first five. Number one is the ownership question. You have to ask yourself, is my dream really my dream? Is it? And if the answer is yes, you keep moving forward. Then the clarity question. Do I clearly see my dream? Hi, good to see you, Talise. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's your dream? Talise, do you, what's your big dream? We wanna know, we wanna help, we wanna help you grow. We wanna tap into that. So if you're saying hi, you're popping in, we want to know what your dreams are too. You're part of mine. You're helping me live my dream. And I want to help you with yours as well. Um, and do you ask yourself these questions? If you're kind of stuck and if things aren't moving the way that you want, then maybe these questions are the right questions to help with you as well, right? So the clarifying question, do I clearly see my dream? The reality question, Am I depending on factors within my control to achieve my dream? What do those factors look like? What do they look like? Because the beauty of, and I'm gonna turn the music off, is that the beauty of having a dream and controlling the factors means that you have to look within and you have to be the person to execute, okay? And if we're looking on the outside, then that's where all that disappointment comes, that discouragement comes and all of that other stuff to do that. So you have to be able to challenge you. And that passion question, does my dream compel me to follow it? And I'll tell you, and I'll be truthful. I'm totally transparent on this show. For those of that you are new, um, I'm not new to this. I'm very true to this. And I am very authentic with sharing my old hangups, my old roadblocks. And I will tell you that getting up in the morning and making sure I do the daily dose of vitamin Dr. D, medicine for your mindset, live has been a struggle. You see, I used to just record the episodes before they had offered live on Podbean and then I can upload them later. And when I used to drive in to this, um, I had a long-term consult, I would do it on my way into to the office. And so then that got me doing it. But when that ended, then guess what? So did my consistency. 
I still craved, I still desired, I still liked it. I still do my Sunday's um, conscious conversations. Um, I still do that. But the daily dose was kind of becoming like a sporadic shot, right? It was like a flu shot. And then I began to ask myself, what is it? Is this your dream? Because I felt out of sorts. I felt a little lost. I felt that, you know, I really want this. But yet when I was looking at other people who made promises and made commitments, then I, I got disappointed and I got discouraged, but I realized that doing this was in my control. And when I prayed about it and I said, you know, God, you know, why isn't this happening? He said, why aren't you showing up for you? Literally, he said, why aren't you showing up for you? And I was like, whoa, these are some things in my control. He said, you want your own show? You want your own daily show? You have your day show. You have live. You go on air. And then I said, oh, but people aren't going to come. What if they don't come? He said, do it anyway. This is for you. Because you know what? Guess what? When you do it anyway, and you build that consistency. These are the same live episodes that can then be rolled into your podcast episodes and used for other content. But now you're showing up for you consistently and you're pushing forth and you're catapulting your dream. I was like, whoa. And it's like, okay, with the time I'm trying to do it in the morning, most people pop in between seven and nine. And, you know, he says, well, okay. And the first day I missed the mark because I was getting my son's lunch ready and I woke up a little late and I was like, oh man, I missed the time. I can't do it. He said, do it anyway. I said, oh, okay. And, and each day. And so this morning woke up with a headache and I made my son's lunch and I'm going to lay down. I said, no, you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, it was, it was, it was me going, all right, this is crazy. And I'll tell you what, for children. Oh, I love, thank you. I love this. All right. So wait, wait, let me stop real quick. Cause Celise shared what her dream is and everyone else. I'd love for you to, if you, if you can share um, your dreams, it says my dreams are to make a huge difference impact in people's lives, bring back togetherness to believe in themselves again, to not be consumed of the things that life throws at us sometimes. Yes. Delish, you are my people. You are my people. So I'm going to segue. I know I'm going through those five um, pieces. I got to four passion. I promise I'm going to get to the rest. But I have to go into the speakable moment. Yes, I called it a speakable moment. I make up words like Mary J. Blige. Okay, the speakable moment is for those of you that are new, if you haven't listened to Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and you haven't subscribed, go do so. Please subscribe. I need subscribers. I love subscribers. I want to make sure that everybody gets this. And whether you listen on Podbean, iTunes, um, Apple Music, Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, just listen, comment, and share. Um, because to least we have the same dream. We have the same goal. So having my own show and my own platform is not about an ego thing. It's about an impact thing. And it was, how do I make sure that I can reach and touch more people who might not be in my space? People call me, why? Because I'm a strategist. And I am a catalyst. I help shift happen. I help people move. I help people push past whatever they're, wherever they're stuck. I help women get out of their head and lead. And lead stands for learn, experience, apply, and develop. Because we spend a lot of time spinning in our heads. And walking through glass, the podcast um, stemmed from a divine download. And it actually is the um, title of my next book coming out. I have walking through glass, the 28 day mindset cleanse and walking through glass, the ultimate guide to be sane, sexy, and significant in a male dominated world. And I was working on that. And I said, you know, the messaging as I'm writing the messaging, um, these stories that I'm collecting, the things that I'm sharing, 
I said, you know what? I need to share it with people that may not pick up the book. And I did live talk radio, my background. I did LA talk radio and I interviewed and I hosted. And for me, it was great, great experience. But what began to happen with that is that people wanted to come on my show to promote their own agenda. It wasn't about speaking life into people. It wasn't about just being encouraging and helping people transform their lives. And I realized that that was not in alignment with my dream. That wasn't. And I, I didn't have the desire to want to go into the studio. I didn't have the desire to want to keep pushing past that. And so I had to make some decisions. And I made the decision to move to podcasting full-time as opposed to going and doing live interviews. And I will revamp um, Get Real um, with Dr. Dina. I will do that with video, a video series that'll be promoted on an upcoming YouTube channel. And so I realized that I had to make some adjustments and align some things um, for myself. And that's what's part of clarifying your dream means. Because I went, because I was such, a, I was a guest bird on so many people's shows and I was doing that. And I go, when are you going to do your own show? When are you going to do your own show? Here's the show you should do. Here's the show you should do. Here's the show how you're going to make money. Here's the show how you're going to sell yourself. And I said, I really want to have, I want to have a show to speak life into people. So to least, I really, really, really get that part is that life is going to happen. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to duck and swerve and keep moving? So walking through glass is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. Okay. I speak to my um, professional clients about that a lot of how to have your power pose, you know, how to, you know, speak with influence and how to lead, you know, I'm in the leadership development space. I said, but what I found from my clients, that ones that became, you know, part of my family and my friends is that at the end of the day, they were drinking and sleeping their life away when they weren't at work because they were broken on the inside. And so they had this false sense of who they were. That's a sense of false self that they were displaying on the outside. And they were so broken and cut up on the inside. And because of that, because of that, it was, they, they were miserable. And they, and I'm, I'm trying to think of an example without really, because some of them actually listen um, to, to the actual show, is that, it wasn't so much that they were being not who they were, is that they got lost about who they authentically were. And so they were showing up and they were questioning themselves and they were doubting themselves and the imposter syndrome and that inner bully, that inner critic was taking a toll and beating them up, questioning that whether they were good moms, questioning whether or not that they could be a leader, questioning whether or not, and so all these doubts, beliefs, and all of this script and programming that had been a part of their life in a part of their, what I call phantom limbs would surface. And so God said, that's what I want you to speak to. You're gonna hit them here and there anyway, but I want you to speak to that. Speak to healing, healing those broken spaces. And when we talk about being beautifully broken, I think about the art of Kintsugi. Okay, the Japanese art form of Kintsugi. And so I wrote a piece in one of my first anthologies, Extraordinary Lives, and it was about the art of being beautifully broken. And those broken pieces that we have, we don't throw away, we don't throw ourselves away, we don't throw our life away. We optimize those experiences and create opportunities for new understanding. That's what we do. And so you're right, you're right, you're right. Life throws things 
um, at us. And when life throws things at us, then we actually have to realize that we need some strategies and some things in place. And when life comes to tell us that our dreams, not our dream, and that our dreams are, are something that someone else told us, and we have to get clear. We got to get quiet about that. We have to ask ourselves these hard questions. And so with that, I'm going to pop back in. So we ask the passion question. Does my dream compel me to follow it? Yes, I'm here right now because this is my dream. <laughs> so my dream said pop back in here and get on. And whether it's one person on the air with me, 10 people, 20, 40 people, I'm still here. This is my dream. And I'm going to keep showing up because it's not just about me. It's about you, but it's speaking to you that fulfills me and excites me and makes sure that I stay on that pathway. Because the fifth question you have to ask yourself is the pathway question. Do I have a strategy to reach my dream? Strategies are important. You've got to set yourself up. The sixth or the people question. Have I included the people I need to realize my dream? Have I included them? And here's the thing. They might not be family. They might be other people. They may be someone you meet on the air. You are the people that I need to fulfill my dream and you're here. So we have to actually open ourselves up to when we're talking about the people question because we get disappointed and discouraged when our families don't support us. We get disappointed and discouraged when our family doesn't cheer. They're not our primary cheerleaders. Well, you know what? That's okay. You need to be your primary cheerleader. And if you're an entrepreneur and if you're looking at your family and friends to be the ones that's going to grow your business, we need to have another conversation offline because that's not going to be the truth. When I started my podcast, even when I was doing live radio, and I'd say, hey, subscribe to my live radio. Hey, share my channel. Hey, listen in. I'm on on Sunday night, six to seven o'clock. Hey, jump in, jump on. And then unless one of the people in my family had been on my show or was guesting with me, guess what? Crickets. It was those other people who I was called to serve. They are the ones that showed up. So when we're looking at the people question, have I included the people I need to realize my dream? I want to challenge you to expand that scope because if you're only looking at the people that you know right now, this minute, then you're not dreaming big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. You're not really looking at really what your dream and the possibility and the plausibilities you're limiting yourself. So again, begin to reframe that and think a little differently. And number seven is the cost question. Am I willing to pay the price for my dream? Here's the piece that I spoke to yesterday, and I'm going to post yesterday's episode um, today. And we talked about costs, even opportunity costs. Quit thinking about costs as being dollars and cents. Cost is not just dollars and cents. Cost is time, energy, effort, sacrifice, relationships. And when you are asking yourself that question, then you then need to have your meter. You need to have your, your dipstick. And so I was sharing that for me and, and launching and delving into the world of entrepreneurship, coming from a background of K-12 education and government service, I knew that I had to make some shifts. 
And I am a mom and I'm a single mom of a 17 year old boy. And when I divorced and realized that I, you know, am going to be a single mom through some of the toughest years of my son's life, high school years, it was a challenge. But I also made a commitment that entrepreneurship, business, work, whatever, was not worth the relationship with my son. And so one of the costs that I'm not willing to pay is time and relationship with my son. Now, he's a senior this year and he's graduating and he's going to college and he'll play college football and he'll play NFL football and he'll go on and do all these other amazing things. And you know what? I'm here for that. So that cost, the sacrifice will not be my relationship with him. So the very first thing I do on my calendar, I book my his his football games. I book his meetings. I make appointments with counselors. I do all of that first. And I had a couple of opportunities and I'm going to tell you, it's not always easy. So I'm saying this because when I say that there's a cost to it, you've got to be clear about your dream and really steadfast and have a relentlessness about pursuing it because life is going to happen. Things are going to come and you're going to want to jump ship. You're going to want to panic. You're going to want to do all those things. So you need to stay the course, but you got to be clear. So you can be very confident about that dream and be very consistent. So I was reached out to you because I'm a speaker and I am a, and a presenter and I do leadership training and development. And there was a speaking event and I had someone reach out to me that they wanted to not only um, give me an award for the work that I do for speaker of the year, businesswoman of the year, all this other stuff like that for my area. And they had asked me, oh, can you come? And we want you to present. And we want, we want to honor you. And they have this big red carpet gala fair media, the whole nine yards, right? And um, sold out event. And here I am, a budding entrepreneur going, oh my gosh, the business, I need to, you know, not only do I need to feed my kid, I need to, you know, clothe my six to 250 pound defensive tackle. Um, and the opportunity to connect and meet these other people. And this was not only just an honoring moment, but it was a business moment because there was media there and all that. But guess what? The date. The date was August 30th and that's football Fridays. And so my answer was no. Sorry. Can't do it. Not going to happen. It's football. Not. Sorry. Really? We, we, sorry. This person's going to be there. No. Mm -mm. Not less Browns than the Nope. Can't do it. And that's when I realized that, again, you have to have boundaries. I mean, I realized it before then, but that's when it really hit home because we get so caught when we're on, when we're in that hustle and grind mode, especially if you're an entrepreneur that you keep pushing past, you keep pushing past, you keep pushing past. And as an entrepreneur, you're pushing, 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 and you're running, running, running over things and people. And you're, and you're sometimes breaking covenant, not only covenant with yourself, but covenant with people who matter. And so in pursuing your dream and aligning your dream, that's why you have to visualize it. What does it include? Who does it include? What does it look like when you show up? And what are you not willing to sacrifice? So for me, it was relationship with my son. And then I started to look at other opportunities. So again, opportunity, getting an award in Columbus, Ohio. That's coming up October 12th, 11th and 12th is the event. Guess what? Can't go. Why? October 11th, that's Friday. It's football Friday. I can't go. Sorry. 
Call me after football season. <laughs> Call me after football season. Not worth it. So that's what I mean by when you're thinking about the cost and are you willing to pay the price? Because my child is part of that dream. He's included in that. But other relationships, I used to be an avid networker. This is you, thumbs up, smiley face emoji. When I first started, because they tell you network, 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 your network will drive your network. And so you got to get out, get out there. And I was running myself <coughs> to the point to every networking function I can find to the point that I wasn't even building a business. I was so busy networking to the fact that ABC, CBS, NBC had me come on to do guest appearances on strategic networking. Okay. And how to be a strategic networker. What are the do's and the don'ts? The I wills and I won'ts. And so, so again, that's how much I networked when I first started, but I was so tired. I was running, but then guess what was happening? I was finding that the very thing I said is want to be present in my son's life, especially during these years. And definitely this year as a senior, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep up with both. So guess what? Something had to go and it had to be that, but guess what I did? I got intentional. Where should I be? Where did I need to be? How did I identify that? Who do I need to speak to? And no, I'm not talking to everybody in the room. Let me do my research. I need two or three people that I want to connect to, to have authentic relationship, to build relationship with so that we can build business together so that they can know me and I can know them. And so that's been become part of my strategy. That is part of my brand strategy, because again, the cost of just running myself ragged is not it. The next question is the tenacity question. Am I moving closer to my dream? Am I making ground? That's why it's important to write it down to chart it. Okay. So if you're an entrepreneur and you'll see if you're in entrepreneurial business building groups, you're talking about the last 90 days, right? The um, once we hit October, it's the last three months and it's time to get it in. Are you getting ready for your Black Friday deals? Are you getting ready for your holiday specials? And, and it's getting prepared and, and all that kind of stuff. And are you aligning those things? And so that next question is that tenacity question. Are you moving closer? First, what is the dream? And are you moving closer? And what does that dream look like? Is it all ethereal or is there some tangible aspects to it? So those are those things that you kind of look at and you start to take stock. Take stock. And so you can ask yourself, um, those questions. What I will do is I'll put these 10 questions. I'll put a link um, to this inside when I post the episode, if you want to grab them, if you're not able to write them down now. And so the ninth one is the fulfillment question. Does working hard toward my dream bring me satisfaction? Does it, does it make me happy? Does it make me feel fulfilled? You know, you'll ask people who seem to volunteer all the time. They volunteer their, go, you volunteer your life away or they work for nonprofits and nonprofits don't generally um, in staff areas really pay a lot unless you're kind of on the executive level and you're bringing in donors, but even still compared to corporate America, they don't pay a, a lot. And so when you ask yourself the question, you know, does it bring me satisfaction? That means you can do it for free. Not that you have to, not that you should, but can you do it for free? And would you? And so, you know, it's it's really one of those big questions that am I fulfilled? You know how people say this doesn't make me happy and they'll walk away from jobs, six, seven figure jobs and companies and lifestyles. I mean, Terrence Howard right now, you know, is in the media because he says at the end of this season of Empire, he's walking away. And that his life is much bigger. He has a bigger understanding. And people are ridiculing him for that and say, I can't believe it. He's on some stuff. But maybe he just realizes that this is not really his dream. He's been living somebody else's dream. 
And so he's going to take his life back. And then the 10th tenth, tenth question is, does my dream benefit others? We are all here on this earth because we all have a purpose. We all have a responsibility. We all have a calling. We're not here to do just anything. We're here to do something. And that's why we have to be really clear about that. And our dreams are a part of that something to do that. Because your gifts that are given to you are for you to bless and give to somebody else. They really are. And that's why when you're operating and things aren't going properly and going right, then guess what? You don't feel fulfilled and you want to give up and you want to stop. Well, guess what? Are you serving yourself or are you serving others? That's a big question. That's a big question. And usually people who are just there to serve themselves are the people that are less satisfied with what they're doing. And that's why it's so important. And if you, and I, I'll, I'll pull back the numbers. I wish I had them with me, but I remember there was a, a recent um, survey, um, some of the world's richest people. And they said, would you rather have happiness or all the money in the world? And they chose happiness. So that should tell you something. Those of us that are still working to accumulate, you know, wealth and wealth is more than dollars and cents. It's peace of mind. It's being able to dream, you know, dream big, you know, and to and work on fulfilling them and dream for impact, you know, like Talise was saying. So when you're owning your dream and asking yourself, is it really your dream? Here's here's something to keep in mind as we begin to kind of, you know, wrap up those other last parts is that whatever you think, be sure that it's what you think, whatever you want. Be sure that it's what you want. Whatever you feel, be sure that it's what you feel. And that's from T.S. Eliot. And so ask yourself that. See, when someone else owns your dream, because the very first thing you must do is own your dream. You have to own it. When someone else, else owns it, it will not have the right fit. It will be a weight on your shoulders. It will drain your energy. It will put you to sleep. It will take you out of your strength zone. It will be fulfilling to others, but it will require others to make you do that. And at some points in our life, I know how I have. I've actually either been at a job or been in a place in a position where I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this to make ends meet. I got to do this to get to that. But then you know what? I begin to frame my lens around that and said, this is part of my strategy to be able to live the life that I dream about. So I had to change the way I thought about the opportunity in the situation as well, because we're all gonna encounter at some point in our lives, a situation where we have to do something that's not necessarily what we actually really, really wanna do. But, but if it's a part of our strategy to live the life that we desire and dream, and it's part of our strategy to make, you know, inroads into achieving our dream and getting closer to that, then in our relentless pursuit of that dream, then we have to show up in that space. But we don't have to be miserable. We can change the glass that we're looking through. 
So I find opportunity in obstacles. I always ask myself, what am I supposed to learn from this? And I'm telling you, I've had some things. I tell people I've, I've been through some things. And when I was harboring and holding on and I was hurt and I was discouraged because life happened and it knocked me down and I stumbled as I got up and I held on to what I call these phantom limbs, which are bitterness and anger, frustration. It really bred anxiety. And it wasn't till I decided to forgive. But here is, here's the, here's the, here's the moneymaker deal. Okay. I forgave me. You see, I wasn't mad at other people. I was mad at myself. I was angry at myself. I was angry at myself because how could I be in this situation? How could I put myself? How could I risk it all? How could I? And I was so angry at myself for doing that. And when I did that and I sat in the house, I didn't want to leave. And some days, and I'll tell you, you can get into really dark spaces during those times, which is why you have to reframe your thinking. I didn't want to get out of bed and I made deals with myself. I made deals with myself and said, if you will just get out of the bed for 10 minutes today, you can get back in. If you would just go make a piece of toast and eat something today. If you, you see, I had gotten to a very dark space where it looked really glossy on the outside of my life, but on the inside, it was a struggle. And I was in a situation that was toxic, that was, I was dying from the inside out. I had position, I had power, I had a hefty, hefty, hefty paycheck. But I was not operating fully in my purpose. And my purpose and my passion no longer lined up with my profession. But I was staying there because I was bound by these golden handcuffs. The money, the prestige, the opportunities that I thought it afforded me. But those very opportunities were really obstacles in me really, really living my dream. And so when it got so bad that I couldn't even be there anymore. And I, and, and I had to shift. You know what? That was the very best thing that ever happened to me. Because it allowed me to really begin to dream again. Wouldn't say it was easy. I'm saying I began to dream again and dream differently dream bolder and go back to what I really, really am called to do. You see, I do have a purpose. My purpose is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. That's my purpose. How I do it may shift. How I show up to do it may change. And I'm always looking for ways to up-level that. And so as I transitioned into my new normal, my new grader, I like to call it, it required me to take the rubber bands and take the bands off of my dream state and to get excited for me, to begin to ask myself these questions. Because I had been programmed and conditioned to follow a certain path, when I first delved into entrepreneurship, guess what? I start following some of the same, 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 going down some of the same dark tunnels. But guess what? Every time I'd hit this massive wall, and I'd say, God, I don't understand. He said, because you're not listening and you're not being obedient. This is not your dream. You're still living for somebody else. So I had to begin to ask myself why. 
Where, where was that? Why, what's the roadblock? Where is it coming from? I'm accomplished. You know, I've, I've, I've gotten awards. I have degrees. I have this amazing son. I'm blessed. What's the problem? And he says, the problem is, is you were fine. You were following somebody else's narrative. You're following somebody else's script and you're not the leading. You're not the lead in your own life story. That's not your dream. Because when you dream, here's what happens. It will feel right to you. It will provide you wings to your spirit. You wake up with a sense of joy. It will fire you up. I'm so passionate about this that literally I can like go on the road. I probably make my family crazy half the time because I'm always talking about this, right? It will keep you up at night. It will take you out of your comfort zone. It will be fulfilling to you. You will feel like you were made to do it. That's what it feels like to own your dream. So I ask you, do you own your dream? And if you want to start, here's five things that you can do to start owning your dream. Number one, be willing to bet on yourself. You may succeed if nobody else believes in you, but you will never succeed if you don't believe in you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You might succeed if nobody else believes in you, but you will never succeed if you don't believe in yourself. So be willing to bet on you. And when people see that you're betting on you and you're showing up for you, guess what? You're training them and teaching them how to follow. So start betting on yourself. Start believing in yourself and understanding that you're human. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Things are going to happen. But when you still keep believing in, in, in that dream because you have clarity about that, you can make things happen. Because the second thing that you need to do after believing in yourself and betting on yourself is to lead your life instead of accepting your life. Choosing to lead your life and not just accepting it is critical to owning your dream. You know, I'm a former English teacher. I was a K-12 um, school administrator and educator. And Eli Weisel um, is, is pretty powerful and wrote in Souls on Fire that when you die and you go to meet your maker, you're not going to be asked why you didn't become a messiah or find a cure for cancer. All you're going to be asked is, why didn't you become you? Why didn't you become all that you are? Reaching your God-given potential requires taking responsibility for yourself and your life. It means taking on an active leadership role in yourself. You be active. So if you're still using words like they made me do it or I did it because they then something might be off with that. And if they is a physical person, that's one conversation. If they is an imaginary person, then you need to be prepared for my TED Talk. And every show I'm gonna say this because somebody's gonna be hosting a TED, somebody's gonna be connected to TED, someone's gonna know how to get me on the stage to do this TED Talk. So my signature TED Talk that I'm submitting and I'm preparing is who the fuck is they? They is you. 
And when I was writing it and I tried to change the language, I really, I couldn't, I don't even use profanity on a, on a, on a regular basis, but I realized that many of my clients and many of the people that I speak to, or I'm in groups, they keep saying, they don't want me to do it. Who's they? They did it. Who's they? They're going to talk about me. Who is they? They is usually your inner man, that inner voice, that inner bully beating you up. So that's why I said they is you. So I am so excited about doing that TED Talk. So I'm, I'm preparing it. I'm even recording it. I'm going to start putting it out there because I will, one of my dreams, do the TED stage and a TEDx stage in regards to doing that talk because it's such something that we need to talk about. Because leading your life requires making the right decisions and managing those decisions every day. For the right dream for you, then you manage it daily. Because if it's right for you, you'll do it daily. You'll get up in the morning. You want to be a marathon. You want to run Boston Marathon. You're going to get up. You're going to train. You're going to do all of those things. And the third thing is love what you do and do what you love. Love what you do and do what you love. Talent without passion equals potential without possibility. Passion without talent equals passion without potential. Talent with passion equals potential with passion. So do what you love and love what you do. And the fourth thing, I mean, actually, it's not five, it's four things. Don't compare yourself or your dream to others. Oh, no, actually, I have my, I have my fifth one. Don't compare yourself or your dream to others. You know, you hear the saying all the time, you can only be the best version of you. There's only one you, so be that. And I don't want you to be me. I don't want to be you. But you got to learn to love yourself. But here's the key to that. You cannot love you if you don't know who you are. That's, that's part of the problem. You don't know who you are. That's why you don't love you, okay? And this is funny. Um, in our Put Your Dream to the Test, um, John Maxwell's book, he um, shares the 1840-60 rule. He says, when you're 18, you worry about what everyone is thinking of you. When you're 40, you don't give a damn what anybody thinks of you. When you're 60, you realize that nobody has been thinking about you at all. Okay? So when you compare yourself to those who are superior, you feel inferior. When you compare yourself with those um, who are inferior, you feel superior, right? Which is not great. When you stop comparing yourself with others, you feel empowered to create or concentrate on your dream. So be empowered, be empowered. Because the fifth thing needs all of those steps. It needs all of those things. To believe in yourself for the future, even when others don't, you have to understand you. You have to know you. You have to clearly understand and know who you are. Because God put a dream inside of you. It's yours, it's nobody else's. It declares your uniqueness, your, your secret special sauce to bring it to fruition. And it holds your potential. Only you can birth it. Only you can live it. Not to discover it, not to take responsibility for it and act upon it, to negatively affect yourself. You are in charge of this. And when you understand that, you'll, you'll begin to see that the chances of you really living your dream and manifesting it and bringing it to pass starts with you. And the very first step in being able to answer it, answer these questions, 
takes ownership of your dream and being able to move forward. I'd like to leave you with this thought today. And I was in church and I was going through a couple of different things and feeling, you know, even the, even the cheerleader, even the champion has their moments. And people always are shocked when I say that. I said, how do you think I'm able to help my clients and write about this and talk about this? I live it. Okay. I live these experiences. And I was working through and processing through a situation that occurred and um, it was taking its toll on me. And I began to lament the situation and how could this happen? And I start looking at everything and I walked into church and I had been looking at iCampus, but today God said, get up and go, go, go in. And I'm working on being obedient. <laughs> so I got dressed. I went into church that day. And one of the songs that were ministered to the line that I remember, I don't even know the exact name of the song, but the line that really spoke to my soul was, you have the power and the authority to change your situation. You have the power and the authority to change your situation. And as I sit there, sat there with tears streaming down my face and thinking about everything that that week and feeling hopeless and helpless in those moments, I just felt transformed. Because that's true. I allowed my thoughts to take me someplace that was a false reality. Because at that point, I wasn't focusing on my dream. And president of the John Maxwell team, Paul Martinelli, who's also our mindset mentor, during our think tank day, he did ask us, he said, is there anything in your life that you're 100% certain about? First, he decided, he, he asked us to define 100% certainty. What is, what is that? What does that look like? What does that look like for you? What does it look like in your business? Then he said, okay, is there anything in your life that you're 100% certain about? And I was like, wow, is it? I know I love myself. You know, so I start to list those things. But from a business perspective, is there anything in your life that you're 100% certain about? Because when you have 100% certainty for any goal and your dream, I'm including your dream in that, when you have 100% certainty, here's what you have. You have the capacity for 100% relentlessness, relentlessness in pursuing it and to achieve it. And so when you put your dream to the test and you ask yourself these 10 questions and you answer the questions truthfully and honestly and shift and pivot where necessary, then what you have as the end of that is a hundred percent certainty that allows you to relentlessly pursue this dream no matter the obstacles, no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, you can do it. But you first have to believe in you. So if very, if you have to start with 100% certainty, start with you. Be 100% certain about you. Believe in yourself. So that's what I have for you today on your daily dose of vitamin Dr. D, which is medicine for your mindset. But I'd like to open the line if you have questions, you want to share your dream, you want to talk through 
or process through any aspects? Are you dealing with anything as far as in your dream casting and, and shifting and moving that you want me to speak to before we sign off the air? I'd like to provide that opportunity um, for anyone still on the line before we go. Consider this your final, your laser coaching moments on Walking Through Glass, um, the podcast live. So you can drop that into the box downstairs. And if you put it in the box downstairs, I'd be more than happy um, to answer that, whether on the show today or at a later show. If you would like to plug in and you say, hey, you know what? I'd like to be a guest on the show. Then I invite you to email me at info. I'm going to put this in the chat section. Info at drdinaspeaks.com. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram at Dr. Dina Speaks. I made it really simple um, so that I streamlined it across all my platforms. And I'd love, love to connect with you. Um, this live episode will um, be uh, will be posted tomorrow. Um, so you'll be able to um, replay and, and plug back in. And I do have a request. I do have an ask. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, <laughs> thanks. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm... I'm, I'm pleased. I, this is not even like about me. This is about you. And so I appreciate you like kind of popping in and I'm thinking about this and this is something I've been playing around with my team with. Um, but I wanted to kind of gauge an interest level first and do some, some ideating. I would love to do what I call laser coaching live on either this platform or even on my Facebook or Instagram platform and people can sign up and what they do is get a 30 minute laser coaching live session that we share. And this session would normally cost 250 to $500, depending on uh, what business that they're in, but they would get it free and they would do it live. And that um, it would be a way for me to get to add value and to give back and to um, really begin to um, have farther reach. Cause it's really about the impact part. It's really about sharing beyond, beyond the now. So, um, how do you play bigger when all you know is being small? Oh my goodness. Great question. How do you play bigger? You have to begin to reframe your thinking. So when we talk about being small or playing small is that we're, we're going on some, our subconscious scripts that are there. So one of the very first things that you can do is you need to change your circle, change your circle of understanding. And it's really the thought is that capacity to think outside of that particular space. Okay. So here's what that looks like. If you come from a small town and I'm just going to use this as a framework. If you come from a small town, there's 50 people in the small town and there's one shop, there's one butcher, there's one baker, and there's one candlestick maker. And you have people that never leave that town. They've never seen or tried anything new. They've never met anyone new. Then all they think and all they know is that that is their world. And so they've been conditioned to think that's all that there is. And I'll add another piece that there's no television, there's no electronics where that they're seeing a larger world. So guess what? They're stuck in that small space. Now, there's another piece to that. You have people who live in a big world, but who still play small. And that's another situation entirely. That's the situation of what has happened? What's been a part of your script and your narrative to cause you to think small? Because some point, sometime in your life, even before you may have even been 100% conscious of that, someone spoke it. 
So you have to then ask yourself these questions. What does thinking big look like? What do you really want? What's in the pit of your soul? If I had to ask you right now, if you knew that you couldn't fail, money wasn't an option, you can do it. What is it that you would actually do? What do you want? And can you see it? Because sometimes it's scary, fear. You know, fear will stop us from seeing it because if I think about it, I would be a motivational speaker. Okay, well then be a motivational speaker. Start using the words, I am a motivational speaker. And then start motivating. Start motivating. Start honing your talent. Start looking at your situations. So in the very beginning, as a motivational speaker, and you're starting to speak, you know, whatever the platform is, your category that you speak to, start showing up, start recording, start believing in you, start betting on you first. Now, in today's society, in today's technological world, you can launch your own motivational speaking business across multitude of platforms. But then you need to decide where's your target audience? Who do you want to speak to? Who's your avatar? Who are you talking to? What do you want to speak about? So for me, my avatar is women in transition in the age, within the ages 35, 40 to 55. And their mothers, they are either either empty nesters or soon to be empty nesters. They're at pivotal parts of their career. And they may have been operating under someone else's script, pretty much also doing things because this is what they thought they had to do because they were a mother, they were a wife. So when I'm talking about walking through glass, I know what it's like. I know the fear anxiety that's cutting me. Okay. And that's cutting those people that I'm speaking to. And I cannot heal somebody from my own truth. But what I can do is support someone working through and healing themselves so that they take ownership and can move forward and shift via their own truth. And that means pulling back the layers. That means being a catalyst. That means poking, you know, um, to do that but it also means thinking. It means thinking differently. My favorite book, and I'm actually gonna do a study on this, um, um, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Um, <laughs> um, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. I even had my son read this book. And um, I paid him to read it because it's important. It's really thin, really thin. And if you like thinking, grow rich, and all of those, the secret, where they got the ideology, and all that comes from James Allen. If once you read it, you'll see that you'll see those threads um, in there. And it's really about where we think and how we think. And as I I study and I um, am an NLP. Um, practitioner, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and how do we begin to change our thoughts and ourselves and remove these blocks? But first, we have to make the unconscious conscious. So I challenge you to do this exercise. Um, and it can be a painful, emotional exercise. So do it somewhere where you're quiet and do it somewhere where maybe at the end of your day, whenever you ask yourself or you're thinking big, okay, whether you're thinking, and I want you to write it down in a journal. And when you're thinking big, I want, and, and that inner bully 
and that inner critic starts talking to you, I want you to verbalize the criticism and write it down because you're going to process through it. You're going to make the unconscious conscious so we can get to the root of where this is coming from, right? We're going to get to the root of it. And when you do that, so if you said, I am going to be, a mo I am a motivational speaker. I can see myself on um, TED Talk stage. I see myself speaking internationally. I speak, see myself speaking to thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. And if that inner voice says, who are you to think that you can speak? That's what I mean. I want you to write that stuff down and start saying, oh, remember when you were in third grade and you thought you were, you were up there doing the spelling bee and you got the word wrong and everybody laughed at you. They're going to laugh at you when you're on the stage. You see that voice starts bringing back your old because what has happened is that there's usually this false self that's been developed and it wants to protect the authentic self who dreams big and, and knows big and all of the situations and the circumstances. Mm -hmm, yep. You said that's what happens, right? So if that's happening to you, okay, you have to confront it, <laughs> but you have to get it out of your head. You have to get it out of your head. So when you start to journal it, and, and I would just keep a journal for this, and I would write it down. Here's my big dream, and this is what happened when I, I voiced it, and then start telling people that. I'm a motivational speaker. I am a motivational speaker. I am a motivational speaker. And when you begin to say that, and you begin to do things, and so people said, oh, really, what do you want? I'm a motivational speaker. So if you have an opportunity for me to speak, I would love to come and talk to your group. I would love to come talk to such and such. And if you get home and that voice starts talking to you, you're going to say, okay, here's what I thought. Here's what the voice said. So you're taking the voice out of the subconscious and you're bringing it to the conscious. And so when you bring it to the conscious mind and you write it down and then you begin to analyze, okay, so where did this come from? Where was the, where, where, where what does this remind me? And how did I feel? And why did I believe it? And what else in my life does not really line up to that? Because usually this is a lie. It's a lie. So when we're saying they don't want me to do it, again, who the F is they? <laughs> they is you. They is your fears that's built from your disappointments and, and your things in your past and the things that people have spoken into. That's why it's so important to speak life into yourself and to believe in yourself. I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus. I say that every day. I say it every day and I believe it and I mean it. I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus. And when I got to walk into that space and be in that space, do you know what? My life and opportunities began to change because now I felt clear and confident and bold to tell people exactly what I expected of them because I had expectations for me. So I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I get really, I'm really passionate about this. So we talk about those dreams and are you living your dream or someone else has for you? I'm passionate about this. I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about speaking life and to helping women. So I founded the lead her shift movement. And I founded that in 2017 because I found that for women. Oh, I put, should have put movement on the end of that. It's lead her shift movement. I found that to help women get out of their heads, get out of their heads and lead, learn, experience, and apply and develop and quit listening to all that talk 
because that inner bully is a witch and we have to fight with her. But guess what? She's not going away. That negative self-talk is not going away. So you must devise that strategy and it's part of your plan, okay, on how to deal with it. And you cannot just bury it. You can't just say, oh, it doesn't exist. It does exist. Fear exists. It doesn't get a vote. Okay, fear. I see you. All right. Thank you, fear. Okay, so when I'm 100% certain, guess what I now have? I can be relentless in my pursuit of my dream because even though fear is there, I am certain that that's what I'm called to do. I'm certain that this is what I want. I'm certain that my legacy and my significance sits on the other side of this fear. And I'm going to do it anyway. Thank you, fear. Heads up. Okay, fear. Now, oh, okay, so tighten up my strategy, fear. Okay, let me tighten up my strategy. That's what you do. But you better speak into it. And you better speak life into it. And you need to be cautious. You must be cautious of what you allow and who do you allow to speak into you. Now, I'm notorious for shutting down people who want to speak negatively in my presence. They will get the immediate shut it down. And I'll ask them to reframe their language. And if they don't want to reframe their language, then there's a choice. Either if it's my house, you have to leave. If it's your house, I'm happy to walk out the door. Because I refuse to allow that energy to be in my space. Energy is contagious. What are you trying to catch? So be cautious about who you allow in your space as well. And if they're not speaking life into you and supporting you and, and, you know, because see, the inner bully wants to have a party and it likes to invite friends, external friends. And if that's the energy you're giving off is this energy of hopelessness and helplessness, because that's what failure means to me. Failure means to me is a loss of hope. Not getting it right the first time, that's not failure. That's an opportunity. Not getting it right the first time, the second time, the third time, the 15th time is an opportunity. Failure means a loss of hope. But when you have 100% certainty and you are relentless, guess what? You will keep moving. You will keep going. That's the key. That's the key. So when you're feeling, have you ever noticed that you'll see a people and you see this dark stuff all around them and they seem like, oh my gosh, like you walk into the space and it feels heavy. Run. And if you don't run, because if you stay there, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start feeling that way. We are triggered, okay, by these things. So that's what I'm saying. Is you can think big. So don't say that anymore. Don't say that all you can think is, no, I think big. And begin to say that. Maybe that's your affirmation because your affirmation should be what you need right now. I think big. I think big. I think big. Yep, I think big. And when and guess what? And when you say that, and when the fear starts and the and the chatter starts in your head, almost make it a chant. I think big. I think big. And watch how that begins to shift. It's gonna happen less and less. Now, I'll share this with you before I go. I know I was going before, but this is one of my favorite things that to honor the human factor. And so I encourage you guys, it, it really works, is that I schedule my tantrums. So when I'm having a self-pity party moment, I actually schedule it. So I didn't get something that I really thought I wanted and I thought I needed. 
But what I found out later on is that really it wasn't big enough for where God's taking me. <laughs> That's why it didn't happen. It wasn't big enough. I was limiting myself. So I saw that opportunity when they said no really was a yes to my dream. And it was a no for my mediocrity. Okay. So that's why I began to look at it differently. So sometimes that no is a no to your mediocrity and a yes to your bigger dream so that you need to still keep pushing. But I, it, but we're human. We still feel things, right? So here's what I did. I started scheduling it. So if I'm feeling that way, I honor the feeling. I honor it, pay homage. I schedule it. I have 10 minutes and I put it on my clock. I set the timer. I have 10 minutes to feel sorry for myself. I have 10 minutes to cuss out everybody, man, God, cousin, mama, dog, cat. I can have 10 minutes to cry. I have 10 minutes to talk about how my life is so horrible. I have 10 minutes to get it all out. But when that 10 minutes is over, <laughs> it's finished. It's finished. Okay. And then after that, guess what I do? I do 15 minutes of gratitude. I do 15 minutes of gratitude. And I give thanks for everything every opportunity, every understanding, every situation that brought clarity to my life and to my purpose and to my calling. And then I start doing that. And after, in the beginning, I've been doing this for a while, but now I have those tantrums less and less, right? <laughs> because in the beginning I had them because I was going through massive transition. And now I, I literally start laughing in the middle of them, probably by the first minute or two, I am cracking myself up. Like, are you serious? Like, you really need to get over yourself. And so I, be, I start talking to myself. And that's when shift happens and it can happen for you. So I hope this helps you help. It helped those of you on the call, those of you listening in on the replay. Um, and um, thank you for joining me on Walking Through Glass, the podcast live. And this has been your host, Dr. Dina. And I brought you your daily dose of vitamin Dr. D, some medicine, for your mindset. And if you can do me a favor and share, 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 subscribe. So you'll know when we go live because the goal is to go live at least Tuesday through Thursday, um, between eight and nine is usually like that target space. Um, so that we can talk. And on Sundays, I, I, um, submit, we have conscious conversation and those are actually interviews and discussions with other individuals, women on the journey. And we get to talk about all the ish that we're going through and how we manage to process through it. And so I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been a joy. This has been so helpful for me and um, it's helped me kind of get out of my head and walk in my truth and my purpose. So remember this, this is, your, this is what you need to remember, is that you have the power and authority to transform your situation. So get clear so that you can be confident and stay consistent. All right? Okay, have a great one. And until next time, that has been your host for Walking Through Glass.